Hey everyone, I'm Chris, and welcome back to Season 3 of the Superpowers Podcast Show. Have you ever asked yourself, what is your superpower? Everyone has a superpower, but most people just don't know what it is. And that's why we're here to uncover it. This podcast will not only share what our guests' unique superpowers are, but also how it helped them both professionally and personally. Superpowers, what's yours? Welcome back, everyone, to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Superpowers Podcast Show. We are back again with a dear and talented friend, Alex Cruz, on the show today. Producer, DJ. Um, I, I see Alex as just one of those unique and lovely people that just brings happiness and joy to the world through his music and through his art and his creativity. And uh, he's here today. He's coming in from Mexico. Hello, Alex. Hello, Chris. So <laughs> good to uh, to hear you again. Yeah. yeah. Wait, now, now, Alex, you were telling me before we started. You are in. Um, tell us where you are, where you've been, and where you're going. Because I always find your your life so fun uh, and energetic as far as all your travels. But it looks like you yeah. you found your home base of. Is it Mexico City? Um, so I live in Baja in Mexico. Baja. Um, I moved here f- out of Utah uh, early January of this year. And um, I have quite some travel for the 4th of July weekend coming up. Um, first going to California tomorrow for an event. Um, Saturday I play in Boulder and then Sunday I play in Denver. So it's three in a row. Beautiful. That's the way I like it. And going from here to there and then flying back home on Monday. That is so much fun. I um I was spending some time on your uh, on your website earlier, alexcruzmusic.com and it brings me smiles just watching uh, how much fun it seems that you're having. Alex, let's kick off. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, where you grew up and just how uh, you know uh, how you how you landed in this incredible position to create music, awesome music, music that I love, that my wife loves. But tell us a little bit about where you grew up and your your sort of path. The young I want to know about the young Alex. <laughs> so the young Alex grew up in Amsterdam. Um, although Amsterdam sounds like a city, and it is, it's a small one. Um, and I, I literally grew up uh, at the, the border of the Amsterdam forest. Um, so I lived 40 meters, which is fifth like almost 50 yards from the forest, from the entrance. So I grew up kind of like half in the forest, very close, 20 minutes by bike to the city center of Amsterdam. Um, oh, that must have been a pretty uh, fun experience at that age. I I love nature and um, I grew up in, in such a great community. Um, we had a lot of you know, people from my age uh, around me in the same street or the street uh, over, like, like you know, really close by. So we had a beautiful community and it, it, I, can, I can recommend something like this for parents, like let them, let their children grow up close to nature. Um, but don't forget the community and the fact that I was so close to a, city center as well, like living in Amsterdam, but 
you know, living in nature was, to me, it was such a beautiful, beautiful childhood, really. I lived there until I was 18 years old. And um, yeah, I had a beautiful time. And where did you go uh, 18 onwards? What was your next path? 18 onwards, um, I, I lived for a, a little longer in, in and around Amsterdam. Um, then I moved uh, 30 minutes out of Amsterdam uh, to a beach town. I've always loved beaches and, you know, the ocean is so, wow, so powerful. And uh, that to me is, is uh, I, 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 just, I just love living close to an ocean. Also, a lot of nature there, dunes, forests. So, um, yeah, that's kind of like where I lived when I when I was living in Holland. And then five and a half years ago, when my career was kind of like taking off, I moved to the U.S., to Utah. And, um, yeah, and then I've lived there for five years. And now the last five, six months, I have been in Mexico. In Mexico. So now... I'm going to come back a little bit. Maybe explain who is Alex Cruz today, the DJ, the producer, that sort of the, the music that you create. And maybe yeah, explain a little bit to our audience who, if you had to sort of... And it's always hard to d- define or descript uh, yourself. It's sometimes better for others. And of course, I could read off a website about your profile. But how would you kind of explain where you are today? And then we're going to just go backwards a little bit about how you got there. Mm-hmm. So it's been like six years now that I've been calling this my my full-time job, uh, being a DJ and music producer. Where I am, I've, I've been producing music for, I don't know, 25, almost 30 years. And it's always been such a um, love and passion. Um, and I've grown a lot in my music production in playing piano, playing guitar, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, I grew a lot. And um, also performance-wise, um, imagine an 18-year-old starting DJ who's like, oh, I just love playing music and I love to play the songs I like. And then you have to see and watch the crowd. And then you realize that they don't like that song that you really love. And then you start learning, okay, um, why am I doing this? Um, First of all, I love music. But secondly, I just want to entertain people. I want to touch people. um, And I want to give them a great night if I'm performing on stage. And so, yeah, that's where your ride starts. And um, you just have to make hours by uh, hours of DJing, reading the crowd, see what's working, see what's not working. And it's not particularly, oh, this kind of track is working. It's more the energy of the track, um, but also where are the people? Um, Are they facing you? Are they um, just talking or standing at the bar or whatever? You just have to really tune in on, okay, what is happening out there? It's amazing how I've seen you perform several times and I imagine it's just one of those things that, you know, over your career and performing, reading the room and understand and kind of seeing how people uh, respond to the music, you know, not only sort of feeds you, but also, I guess, gives you validation to what you create and how you create it. 
my question is when you do you create tracks and music and sort of at home and then sort of say okay i think this is going to be a hit or i think people are going to love this and then you then you run it uh then maybe you perform at one of your you know you kind of introduce it in between maybe some of your top tracks how do you do that how do you take us through the sort of the process of creating and then sort of knowing if if it's if it's something that people are really going to respond to so i so first of all i love producing songs i love being in my studio sitting behind my keyboard and just come up with melodies and um that's how i start my song i just start with a melody on the piano and then i decide what instrument i would like to add to it etc etc but always in kind of like halfway you're like all right how is this going to work on the dance floor and you're trying to imagine okay where in my set am I going to play this track? Is it the start? Is it like a warm-up? Is it is it more like a primetime track? And yeah, once once I have a track where I'm like, okay, I'm, I am I love this, then I, I bring it with me on the road and I'll just test it out. Nowadays, most of the time, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like 95% sure that it's going to work. Otherwise, I'm not going to play it. And it's when you come back home after travel, you just do these last details, the last fine-tuning things. Oh, when I played it, I heard the bass not loud enough or heard this not loud enough or the, I have to change the arrangement maybe a little. And it's all the fine-tuning, which is, uh, yeah, it's, so it's kind of like you're, you're cooking your dish um, and then you bring <laughs> it to the crowd and they take a few bites and they're like, oh, uh, maybe a little more salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, and maybe pair it with this wine or a little pepper. Got it, exactly. um, Alex. When you, when did you start to dabble in creating music? Um, did it happen later in, in life? And when did you sort of know it was going to be a profession? So one of my uh, childhood friends um, introduced me to DJing. He bought a, a mixing console and he showed me, hey, look, I have two tracks running and with this fader, I can play the first track and with the other fader, I can play the second track. And so I got so like, I was like, whoa, this is, this is unreal. I want this. So I, I bought equipment and then um, I started DJing, you know, school parties or parties that my friend organized for all our friends and it was like 50 or 100 or 150 or 200 whatever and then like soon after he was the one who bought a, a keyboard um, and a sampler and so he was like hey alex you should come over man this is this is great mm -hmm. you can create your own songs by you know using the sampler and using the keyboard etc cetera, etc cetera. and i was like no i don't want that i'm a dj you know like 18 year old boy <laughs> <laughs> full of flair no i'm a dj no right but after his third or fourth attempt like having me over at his place I, I i was like okay i'll just come over and then within like two minutes that's what it took and he just showed me hey you can play the bass drum you can play this and you play the snare and this on your keyboard and i was like wow this is great let's create a song and so I was 22 when I first released my, yeah, my, my, first, my first track on, on an LP vinyl. 
um, back in the days. And uh, from there, I just kept on creating music first with that friend, that childhood friend. And then after working together with him for six, seven years, um, our, our paths uh, went into different directions. And from that moment on, I started creating my own songs. It's uh, got to be a, a journey to not only, I guess, understand the collaboration and how, how sounds and how these tracks work together, but also, you know, sort of establishing your identity, which again, as someone that listens to your music and a big fan, I, it's very clear to me who, what you sound like, you know, and, and the kind of music you make, there's a level of consistency. What did you have to overcome to get to a point to be able to do this? What were the biggest challenges that you've shared or haven't shared as relates to the climb? Because as we know in life, nothing is up, nothing is sort of linear. It's mm. you know a bit of this. But what what, what sorts of obstacles, uh, challenges did you have to face to to sort of get your get yourself to to where you are today? I think I can define that uh, by giving like like taking two different topics. Um, the first one is um, really understanding what music is about. And um, because when my friend asked me, hey, let's create a track together, I didn't have any musical background other than loving music. But I mean, and playing the, the school parties. Um, so I really had to learn how to like read notes and play play an instrument, know what is working, what is not working, the scales, etc. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one part. And um, so when we worked together for these six seven years, um, I kind of got away with um, you know going really deep into the musical theory, etc. Because he was a pretty talented musician. Uh, he played some instruments and so um, he kind of like helped me with that. Um, he was also the one who was sitting behind the computer and I was more like, oh, we should, let's, let's, okay, the melody needs to go like this, do, 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 whatever. And so he's like, oh, okay, yeah, let me play that. Or what instrument are we going to use? Blah, blah, blah. And I was also, I was then the one who was sitting behind the big mixer you know, back in the day, she had these big guys, um, 32 channel with so many knobs and, and FX, etc. So I, I got specialized in, in that part. Um, mm -hmm. But when we, we parted ways, um, I had to learn all the other things that he was doing. So right. we, we were really a great team together. But when that other half of the team is gone, you, you had to, to rebuild. Yeah, exactly. So that that took me took me a while. I, I did some courses, etc., and I learned how to play uh, guitar. And you know, it, it took me a few, like two, three years, to finally get where I really wanted to be. So that's one part. And the other part is that I I I wasn't. I mean, it's hard to make this a full time living. Being a DJ, flying all over the world where people are want you to play, right? And then on the on the side, create your own songs. Or I mean, it's not on the side. It's like it's like two things are one. Um, so that took me quite a while to make it a full time living. 
you know, you're, you're just trying. Okay. Um, there was a certain moment that um, there were some guys in Amsterdam who wanted me to be their resident DJ. And those were like, like serious parties, like from four or 500 to 3000 people. That's real. Um, so that, yeah, that's real. So I, I, I started playing with the bigger DJs in Holland. Um, they were headlining and I was the opener or I was uh, whatever time slot was available. I was, I was taking that slot. So that was kind of like building up my confidence, seeing that, yeah, those big name DJs were doing a great job, but I could meet myself with them. I was like, oh, I, I can hang kind of like on the same level here. Yeah, I can hang. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's where I built up that confidence that I was. How how should you call it? Good enough. I don't know, <laughs> talented enough. And, and, and Alex, I got to assume that through that journey, there was probably I don't know maybe some couch surfing and some you know beg borrowing and steal as you're building momentum right before you actually have this as a real career. There's you know probably significant sacrifice that you had to make and, and stay the course. You know, most people, as much as they have an idea and a dream, the ma- the majority, uh, you know, they they can't fulfill that because they're there's other expectations that they want to meet or reach, whether it's right or wrong, and this sort of, you know, this need for for maybe more dollars coming in, and they don't they don't make those sacrifices, but they all sort of dream. But I, I you know, that and that's obviously what an entrepreneur is, which I definitely consider you. Uh, you're an entrepreneur and a builder before you're a DJ. You can't get to a DJ unless you're... So I would imagine there's some pretty hard turns as you navigate this. Yeah. So so I, I started playing those bigger events where I was not the, the headline DJ, obviously. Um, so what I tried to do is get as many DJ gigs as possible, but not only in one genre, but in multiple genres within the electronic music scene. So there was, I imagine I was playing a, a tech house party. Maybe I'm going too deep into um, details, but I was playing a tech house party on Friday and then a Latin house or a melodic house or deep house party on Saturday. And then Sunday I might have done a wedding. Um, <laughs> so that's a contrast with 3,000 people raging and doing God knows what to a wedding. Exactly. So I was, just, I was just doing as much as possible to get as many DJ gigs as possible. But, but imagine that your heart is not always there um, when you're playing tunes, which are not really, yeah, like, or not fully coming from the heart. Yes, but you just know because I made so many hours DJing, you know, like every Saturday for years and years at this nightclub, that nightclub, blah, blah, blah. So you know what people like. You feel what people like when you're entering a room. At least that's, that's what I developed. So I knew what to do, but not always my heart was there. And so there was one moment in time that one of my friends told me, Alex, why don't you start a SoundCloud page Mm. and and make DJ mixes and let the world know that you're there? 
I was like, ah, I, I, I didn't like marketing. I didn't like, no, people should just find me how naive I was, right? But I slept a night and another night and I was like, you know what? That idea, I couldn't like, get that get out it. of my head. Yeah, yeah. It was there. So then I was like, you know, I'm just going to play. I'm just going to record a DJ mix with songs I really love myself. So I'm not sacrificing um, playing Friday night here, Saturday night there with all these different genres. I'm just going to do what I love. And I'm going to put it out on SoundCloud. And then my second mix, which was coming from the heart, made my SoundCloud page explode. Fascinating. And so when yeah. I was doing yeah. things from the heart, yeah, I was trying and trying and trying before to get as many DJ gigs as possible, sacrificing my soul a little. Oh, that's when so... it was coming from the heart, that... all of a sudden, and I don't know what happened, but people just started reposting and liking. And so within one week, um, on Monday, I had 50 streams. And I used to have, that was my daily average, 50 streams a day. And then on Tuesday, I saw only like 250 plays. Wow. Like, wow. That's times five. Yeah. Compared to yesterday. Yeah. Like, what's happening? And then, so that week, Wednesday was 800, Thursday, 2,500, Friday, 5,000. So within four or five days from 50 to 5,000. And at that moment, I realized, all right, this works. People like what I do. And I started narrowing my whole life and starting to focus on producing my own songs and creating more of these mixtapes, podcasts on SoundCloud. One and a half year later, I was able to quit all the side all, jobs. All the side, all the side hustle weddings and bar mitzvahs and all that. Exactly. It's funny, uh, Jade, who you know, she does design and she said herself that she has a certain look and feel and style. And when she works with people that want to, you know, do their homes, if it's not the right fit and they're trying to make her do something in her head, it's immediately not going to be a fit because no. you have to kind of follow what's here. But that's incredible that you were able to just sort of attract, uh, you know, this base of of, of listeners and people that really loved it. And then of course, then the virality kicked in. Alex, what are some like, what are the, some of the, any interesting stats, biggest days of stream or users or followers or anything that sort of kind of create a picture of the, the Alex Cruz brand? Well, so I, I, I used to be very much into stats nowadays. I, I don't, I don't even know how many millions of streams i have i know that my soundcloud page has like 50 million streams holy shit um, that's impressive that's cool yeah and then on youtube spotify and i i don't even know like uh 100 million on spotify and yeah I don't all right know well listen million. you how about this you don't act excited or appreciative i'm gonna do that for you because that's <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that's great, man. That means you've gotten to a, a very organic uh, place in your in your career where you know uh, you know you have a a solid base. Deep and sexy. Where did that come from, and why? Ah, uh, beautiful. 
I was playing events, like I told you, in and around Amsterdam. And uh, I always played at one certain event every two or three months. And there was this MC. You know what an MC is, yeah, right? Yeah, like A guy who has a microphone and kind and of, sort like of hype, hypes up the crowd. Yeah, and, yep, yep. Yeah. And keeps everything flowing. Exactly, exactly. So he kept on calling my music. And I, I, I just quote, Alex, you always play this fucking sorry no we're good fucking is okay that's okay fucking deep and sexy music my god like unreal and so i was trying to find a brand name for my music and he kept on repeating deep and sexy and so i was like all right all right let's let's use this because that's how it feels to me as well yeah yeah this mc know of your uh success over the years are you guys in touch and has he asked you for any royalty rights for uh for deep and sexy (laughs) um i i ran into him like two three years ago and i i told him that uh you know i told him about my career and i I followed him like you know like uh, you know how that goes on instagram you see every now and then a picture from him and he saw a few of mine and we're like catching up hey how are you doing blah 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 and then I told him, like, hey, can you remember that you called my music Deep and Sexy? <laughs> and he was like, oh, really? It's like, yeah, you always kept on repeating that. It's like, oh, wow, wow, okay. And so I told him, like, I used your description of yeah. my music uh, into, like, making it a, a brand. He's like, wow, all right. You can buy me a beer. (laughs) I'll I'll take a cold beer for that amazing branding because it's funny. Those things are really hard to come by. But, you know, Alex, that's another example for even other shows that we've done and founders that we invest in through our venture fund is it's very these these things. If you try too hard in anything in life, it's not going to come. It's very organic. In this case, it's a it's an outside it's a person you don't know that just uh, and it just clicked this deep and sexy. I, I always wanted to to ask you that, and of course had to save it for for today. Two sort of random fun questions. Coolest sort of most interesting DJ that you maybe have performed alongside pre or post, and best venue um, that you've ever performed in. Um. So my favorite venue was output in williamsburg brooklyn new york um unfortunately they stopped um their business i think the end of 2018 or 19 2018 um best sound system i've ever wow played on the that- whole world alex i've seen you perform there before the whole planet it is brooklyn new york yep that's yeah. so cool Go yeah. Brooklyn, Brooklyn in the house. Let's go. I know. Yeah. And um ooh, like DJ that I really admire. So there was this one DJ in Holland. His name is Roch. That's how you pronounce let it. Let me try. Let me try. Roch. Yeah. So it's R O O G that Roch. Roch. So probably Rook is maybe yeah. the the yeah. way Americans pronounce it. Yeah. Um, he was a very well-known DJ in Holland. Unfortunately, for some reason, he didn't really make it internationally. 
but the skills and the the way he read the room was a big inspiration to me to get to his level that's always what i wanted and so yeah he's always been a a, a, a person for me who i who i looked up to that's great there's um there's always a rug rug say it again rug yeah so i was born in finland alex so there like the r comes off my uh off the tongue but there's always somebody like that that um you can draw from and get some some inspiration and i'm sure you learned a lot from from him and and others you performed with so obviously our show's superpowers and you know really something i've always just been excited to talk about with people at dinners and and um and just believe inherently that everyone has a a superpower now whether they know they have that superpower or they don't it's 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 there or maybe it's just like it's very clear i i'd like to understand what you believe your your superpower is through this journey of creating music and building the alex cruz brand at a international level now if you sort of you know look yourself in the mirror and say okay this is this is why I was put on this earth. And this is something that is absolutely uh, something that I have that maybe very few people have. What, 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 what is that? So my purpose in life is to touch people through music right now. And I love playing longer sets where I'm really able to create a journey and touch people throughout that journey because it's not only playing great tracks, it's it's giving people a journey and really tap into the emotional parts. Like, I want to feel. I want to feel people. I want to see what's happening. I want to see that body language. The, I want to see their eyes and <laughs> see what, what is going on in within themselves, within those people and so i love and i think that's something i am pretty good at is to touch people through music and a few weeks ago i played um uh, a small event in palm springs Uh, i was playing a sunrise from 3 a.m till 6 a.m and then at a certain point that the sun was almost about to rise uh, i played this one song to me, it's very touchy. And then I saw this one girl walking there and she started tearing up. She was like, whoa, right at this moment, you play this track. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's kind of like that's yeah, yeah, serving dessert at the right time when yeah. people are having a conversation on the, at the dining table. You just take that beautiful last sip of wine and you're like, yeah, perfect. Thank you. Here's dessert. Thanks for sharing that. And I, uh, I can imagine that sunrise moment. I haven't had uh, one in a while. I need to have one, hopefully, with you somewhere. But you know, the ability in in people's lives that are everyone's sort of running and there's they're busy and there's all this sort of for for a lot of people anyway, um, I, the ability to extract emotion uh, and feeling, like you said, I'm just going to say it in my own words. You know, that's a pretty powerful tool. And, you know, some people do it through meditation and breathing, and that can cause a, you know, a pretty uh, overwhelming 
reaction or maybe it's psychedelics or maybe it's, you know, who knows? It doesn't matter. The point is, but the ability to make people feel whether it's, uh, you know, high or it, it maybe it, it reminds them of something, an emotion that we need more of that. You know, mm -hmm. I think people in society need more of that. You probably don't see it and experience it as much, Alex, in, in Baja or in these beautiful, amazing places that you're going and the people. Uh, but, you know, for probably people in urban areas and things like that, that are, you know, on the hamster wheel, if you will, that they could probably use a little bit more of that, mm -hmm. that in I their agree. life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I mean, every, everyone needs that. Yeah. Well, listen, I have absolutely uh, enjoyed, you know, I could keep you on this for a couple hours, but but that wasn't our deal. So uh, I'm going to let you uh, go here. Um, and it was just fun to to learn a little bit more about your journey and, and just a little bit behind the, the man of Alex Cruz. Where can people find you and listen? Uh, obviously, Sound, SoundCloud is is kind of your, your main hub. I, I think I shared the website earlier and anything else that you have sort of going on uh, that you think uh, could be good to share. So my website, alexcruzmusic.com, says it all. Um, you can find everything, all my... Uh, socials, all my portals where my music is available. So, if people feel uh, feel the urge Inclined. to uh, to listen to what I'm doing, they can find everything there. Yeah, well, I encourage uh, listeners to do that, and also uh, to follow you along on Instagram, which is always fun. You bring a lot of good energy, Alex, to to people that know you well, um, and and people that are fans of your music, and that's a that's a nice thing. That to uh, to wake up to every morning, knowing that you're you're doing that. So, thank you for for coming on Superpowers Podcast. Thanks for sharing your story, and I uh, can't wait to see you soon, buddy. Same here, and thanks for having me, Chris. And I can't wait to uh, see you in real life again. Real real soon. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode, everyone. New episodes of the Superpowers Podcast are released twice a month. So please subscribe and follow us on our website to get notified on future shows. Superpowers, what's yours? This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>